Hello, hello everybody, and welcome to episode 51 of I Understood That Reference. How are you all? And Rob, how are you, buddy? Ah! Oh, that was a weird noise. I, I can't believe you asked how they were before me. What's happened? You just get you get to 50 episodes and then you lose interest in me. Is that what happens? That's... Yeah, I just, you know, you're not part of this marriage anymore. Oh, outrageous. You never cared about me. <laughs> I've already been sidelined. It only took 50 episodes. You f- little fecker. Oh, I'm ousted. Gonna... On my own show. Live. <laughs> well, I mean, not live for us. Not live for anybody listening. No. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not remotely live, but it sounds better if it seems like a scandalous live reveal. What's great is that I'm the editor, so technically, I could take this out if I, like, I could edit it out. You like. can, you can, not only could you edit it, you could just reverse the scenario and make it look like I'm the bollocks. Very easily. <laughs> Look, Rob, man, how have you been? It's been we we did a fifty episode a while ago. It was awesome. Mm. Now we're we're past that. We're past that kind of pivotal moment. So now it's just back to the regular old crap again for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, you won't get. I people might have been. I think I was anyway by by ourselves. I so impressed by the level of prep and you know work that went into that fifty episode. You know. <laughs> and and I just like I, all I want to say is do not get your hopes up. That we're not reaching that pinnacle for a lot. Maybe if we even get to a hundred, but don't even don't even 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 at that stage, don't get excited. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh, even even yeah. If we ever do get there, don't expect anything. Don't expect like three times the quality of what you got in episode fifty. Because if it's half as good as that, I will take it. Like. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. And like I said, you know, and as the as the title suggested, you know, it's as good as it gets. <laughs> Ross and I are getting old. We can't say quippy and witty forever. So. Take everything that we say with the assumption that the quality is plummeting <laughs> after this. And, and, I mean, when you hear it, you you know the quality is plummeting. It's like, whoa. Sorry, yeah, you, you won't even need the prompt. You, you'll know what's happening. But thank you to folks for, for listening up until the 50th. We, we had a great time recording it. Don't you think so? We did. We had a fantastic time and, and people sent in questions and everything. Mm. And it was really good. And we got to talk about different uh, titles with podcasts like The Kraken and Get Up Them Stairs, of course, where you were for some reason giving me the middle finger. But I mean, there you go. Yeah. It sounded more scandalous on reflection, the description. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was, again, trying to be spontaneous. And it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't always work out. Spontaneity. As I've learned. I know, I, I liked it. We're, so today, because we did a 50 episode last time, and it was, like Rob said, very prepped, very well put together. Very produced. Oh, my word. Oh, very produced. Whereas this is pretty much going to be the exact opposite of that, I would imagine. I mean, if this hasn't tipped you off already. But uh, so usually we do like lots of news and then kind of topics of the day or whatever. Mm. And I think this time we're going to uh, eschew a lot of that and just kind of talk about two shows that we really enjoy those shows are Arrested Development and Community and we're just going to kind of chat about them and then maybe do a quiz and stuff like that but before that really quickly I know that Rob wanted to talk about one of the big events Rob wanted to talk about the Oscars Rob what did you want to say about the Oscars hello thank you Ross thank you for the introduction so the Oscars happened and in classic fashion you and I are probably a month behind the news at this point but what does that matter but here's what I want to say if you're going to rejig the format of the entire show and make this big song and dance about how the best actor award is at the end of the ceremony and how this icon of cinema and this champion of of human rights was teed up and you know the the people's favorite and then you get that final award to end what is a a difficult thing to run virtually but you end that award on a high (laughs) to give him his just as deserving award but instead unexpectedly pivot and give it to an old man who has already won the award twice, then you can understand why you have a very disenchanted viewership. That's all I want to say. My God. 
he deserved better than that. And what a miss for that fucking award show. Like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Anyway, that's my summary. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could also say about the fact that, you know, the person that they gave the award to then wasn't able to actually have a live <laughs> he was, he was speech. Whereas, you, I mean, maybe, maybe start that out beforehand, guys. <laughs> you know, oh I mean... God. They teed themselves up for that and then shat the bed. <laughs> the Roscars in its purest form. But like, what was, what is anybody else supposed to say there when they win? Oh, they're like, why did you, why did you do this? But you know what I mean? Think about, what? think, think about what has, <laughs> think about what has happened. Think about the opportunity that they had and then what actually happened when the final award of the night, the, the, which is supposed to be this incredible finale and the person the capstone the person isn't even there he's asleep at home in Wales not, completely unaware of what's happening and then I guess they're just like well he's said online that's the end of the show folks talk to you later <laughs> shut it down shut it down <laughs> shut it down <laughs> oh man what a what an amazing miss like, like what an absent but like to say they <laughs> like, set themselves like there's nobody else had a hand in this it's <laughs> all them it's like it is laughable to address it more plainly Chadwick Boseman has said he doesn't really believe in awards anyway he's like he's very clear about like he just he doesn't think they're necessary you know he thinks if you're creating you know great performances they're for everybody to enjoy they're not for an elite group to decide on you know that kind of thing which is very wholesome only reaffirms him his legendary status but they had the opportunity to, to to make it special but Rob when you when you actually think about it though it's like they're like they're like you know giving everybody a, a knowing a knowing nod in the audience Th- yep don't worry everybody don't worry we're saving the best to last don't you worry <laughs> get excited gang <laughs> just for the announcement again they just like give everybody in the crowd a nod don't worry guys yeah. don't worry Anthony Hopkins everyone <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! Legendary. But yeah, that's that's it. That's all I wanted to say. It sums the whole thing up. So there's one other, one other really, really quick. Yeah, and it's a brand new segment I want to get to before we go to our topics today. Rob doesn't even know what this is. He has no idea what's about to happen. Okay, of course I don't. So as per usual, on the fly, on the fly, Rob. Here's our new segment where we. Look at the, the development hell that the Uncharted movie is going through okay. in a segment that I like to call oh, Charting Uncharted. <laughs> so the latest news... I love it. I love it. In a recent interview, uh, um, Tom Holland has come out to say <laughs> that the acting choices he made in the film were a, and I quote, a mistake. Oh, no. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, he, no. he went on to elaborate, Daddy. <laughs> he was trying too hard to seem cool in some of the scenes and wasn't actually acting like the character and was just trying to be cool. Hold on. This is... This is... Kind of, he... <laughs> I'm shocked. This is Tom Holland saying this about his own performance in the Uncharted film. About his own performance in a film that has not yet been released. Does, hang on. He's... Oh, oh, my God. This is such a bad sign. He's already apologising... For the film. And we haven't even seen a trailer yet. This is so worrying. Oh, it's of course it was going to happen. Of course it's going to be bad. I don't know why I even remotely got my hopes up. This is a sad day. No, no. Uh, of course everybody was jumping on the like, oh, he didn't say everybody else was bad. He just said he, he his, his own, his own acting in it was well, a mistake. Mark Wahlberg I'm like, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no. no! We're not going there. But no, I know what you're we're thinking. Not. We're not. We're not even giving him. We're not even putting wind in those sails. We're not even going there. Yeah. But uh, that is very disappointing. What prompted 
that honesty, that level of honesty. Why? The, the film's not. Just wait a few years till the film comes out, and then say it. Yeah, don't worry. You don't worry, Tom. You'll be in your forties by the time this film gets released, so it doesn't well, matter. And that is that is saying something. The guy's like fifteen at the moment, and yeah, he will be about forty-five when the Unchar- he'll be old enough to play actually the normal Nathan Drake from Uncharted, <laughs> as opposed to a young Nathan Drake by the time it's released. Jesus, that movie has been. From the first game, when that first game came out, they realized there was potential just because, I think it's obvious, the game is already a rip of a famous film series. So it's it's amazing how it's kind of done this this full cycle of they think they're being edgy by picking this really popular film franchise, but the, the game unashamedly claims its roots to Indiana Jones. So this is like, <laughs> what's the point in making a movie adaption of this, really? But it's so catered to the video game style but it just does little nods and winks to Indiana Jones. Like, that's... You know, the, it, these things don't always translate like for like, but I was always concerned about him being cast as a young Drake. Then they add Mark Wahlberg to the mix, and now this news. Devastating, my God. What a disaster. But look, at least at least they can always fall back on the fact that there's never been a poor video game movie made before. <laughs> yeah, so, like, at least... <laughs> There's, it's there's, bankable. Yeah, there's, like they're up there in what what incredible company they keep when you think about it. But Detective Pikachu considered the pinnacle of video game adaptions. We've got um, Hitman, two Hitmans, uh, two Hitmans, Hitmen, two Hitmen. <laughs> what else have we got? Uh, I don't know. We got Assassin's Creed, of course. Oh. Mario. Yeah. Oh wow. Sonic. Sonic, yeah, which Mortal, sk- the original Mortal Kombat, which is very, I, I, I quite enjoy that film, even though it's complete schlock. <laughs> are there three Mortal Kombat films, including the one that's coming out, or are there only two? There's three. So there there's are the three. first one, yeah. Then there's Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is one of the worst films of all time. Loads of the actors didn't even come back, so they had to like kill them off really quickly at the start. It's just, it's terrible. Oh, amazing! And then now the new film as well. So okay, weirdly. There's something intriguing to me about the new film, but that's that's a conversation for another day. I feel, but there, I there's an odd amount of potential because I think it just came from nowhere. Now people are still saying it's bad, but I <laughs> to be to be clear, but I think there's potential in there. I think it could be another solid uncharted entry, if you know so, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, when every actor came out and said it was a mistake, their performance in that yeah, film, yeah. of course. Try to be too cool. That's what your man yeah. says. What's the ice guy? That's what he was saying. Sub Zero. Yeah. There you go. They're nicely worked. Nicely worked. Thank you. I struggled over there. That was that segment that we like to call Charting Uncharted. Don't know what that was supposed to be, but that's the theme song. Don't ask me to sing it again. I'm not doing it. Well, well, I definitely was not going to. Oh, it was like a riff on Indiana Jones. To be fair, that's the, that's what I, that's what you were going for, sure. Like mirrored and also the minor key instead of do 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 do. It was more like you know. I faffled my way through it. That is again, guys. Like think of the pinnacle of my whistling from the last <laughs> episode. Again, massive downhill streaks here. <laughs> hey, that, to be fair, your whistling came out very well in the episode itself. Oh. Actually, very very well. I had people <laughs> texting me being like. I know this song. Don't tell me, Ross. Give me a minute. I paused the podcast and I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what it is. That uh, yeah. To your credit, that's why the seg- the segment is so successful because people can play along to my whistling, which is the dream, really. Whistle. <laughs> Just guess the guess the whistle. I thought the it Pied might... Piper over here. Ah uh, yeah yeah. Pay the Piper. That's what he. That's what they say. But listen, very quickly. Speaking of Tom Holland and his Holland Holland days ness. <laughs> oh, uh, 
I'm in a weird mood today. I've had half a beer, and this is what it's done to me. Did you see the MCU sexy sizzle? The sexiest sizzle for movies that there has ever been? Did you see it? Ooh. Oh, the sizzle reel. The oh, sizzle reel. So much sizzle. <sighs> Somebody's making bacon because that sizzle reel was pretty sizzling. <laughs> Pork all over the place, let me tell you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, what, what what did you think of this this is the one with the has stan lee talking over it and the kind of we're family and we're here together and all that which is nice oh, well, i thought it was very that. touching to have it and i thought you know, that that so wasn't that was of what they did i think that was that was a nice creative decision using him because that immediately got the old the old heart feels going i was like oh stan you're you bought a ledge to be fair to him and i obviously i was kind of a bit you know I, I but I went from that to cynicism immediately because then they just started reusing old MCU footage. I'm like, don't do this to us, don't do the build up for you. Just for more show than us. half of the trailer, more than half of the trailer is just like clips of Iron Man. Remember Iron Man? He was a guy. Remember him? Yeah, no, I haven't forgotten about him because it was only two years ago when the other one moved. Like, it's not like it's been a while. It's not like this. They've rest- like it's not like they've dug this up after a decade of it being dead. But you know, they anyway they gave us the scissor reel of like the previous films for the first half. And then they just teased very tiny little bits of some of the films coming out this year, like Black Widow and is it Shang Chi in the Legend of the Ten? Shang Chi, yeah. Uh, and then we got, which was the b- big talk of piece, was we got like maybe five seconds of footage from Eternals, uh, which is the Chloe Zhao Oscar-winning Chloe Zhao her movie coming out at the end of the year with a lot of big cast, very sexy cast for the sexy sizzle. That's what I'm talking about. But then an outrageous slate of films, I have to say that they just announced in terms of the dates which is exciting because I think and the reason I want to bring it up is I think a lot of people thought you know where is the MCU going to go after they closed it so neatly relatively speaking you know with Endgame boy oh boy do they have a lot planned which is honestly it kind of got me a bit jazzed I was like I'm glad they feel like they have a direction and they went through a lot of wobbly patches you know with director changes and stuff and you know where they were going so there was a part of me that was just like they do seem to know what they're doing I might just be falling for the sexy sizzle but you know what I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now that's what I'm going to do. And then the, fat- the Fantastic Four, of course, at the very end. Big reveal. Surely they should cast John Krasinski. Surely. I feel at this stage, if they don't, if they if they don't cast him, and and uh, Emily Blunt is still not in the MCU, so she should be Susan Storm, right? Uh, she'd be great, that's for sure. And they're already married in real life. Which is great. I'm, I'm happy for them. I'd love to see them acting together as superheroes, husband and wife. Bring back Chris Evans as uh, Johnny Storm. <gasps> That is such an interesting observation. Oh my gosh. Now they have to ref. Oh, but he's not. Yeah, he's out of the circle of friends, I suppose. He got out while the going was good. So by the time. That, I mean, that movie isn't going to come out until like, what, 2025 or something mental. So he actually could come back as Johnny Storm. What I really want him to do, and I think based on what the, the films have done already. So they based a lot of the Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. They based a lot of that on the Avengers run by Jonathan Hickman. So realistically, if they do the Fantastic Four, they should just base it on the Jonathan Hickman run of the Fantastic Four. Because it is the best run of comics in the Fantastic Four ever. Well, I suppose, given that they've been pretty good at leveraging the strong storylines you know, for the comics, I would trust that they would also know to like leverage the good stuff. Like, I think they're aware of where, although I suppose you told me the Civil War wasn't a particularly fit, like it wasn't massively loved, the actual comic book run in comparison to the film. Or am I mixing that up? No, no. It's, well, like it was a big turning point, but a lot of comic purists didn't enjoy it because they felt that the characters were not like kind of consistent with what they usually are. And they were more in line with the 
the the Ultimates, which was like a kind of an offshoot of the Marvel Universe. Ah, okay. I don't mind as long as the films were good. Uh, as long as they don't try and cram all the famous storylines into one movie, uh, Zack Snyder, then I don't really mind. You mean you don't want a four-hour mess of a film? Why? <laughs> Why, Rob? Why would you not want that? <laughs> Just build up to it. Just earn it. That's all I'm saying. Which they will. They've already earned it. Come on, we're 25 films in already at this point. But they're gonna, aren't they going to re-release some of the old ones again as well on top of that? Well, I know that they... Because they re-released Avengers Endgame, obviously, because... <laughs> when? What? How recently? Well, like what, like two years ago. Or was it a year oh, ago? Oh, yeah. Not, because because old old Jimmy Cameron Friend of the show. Ah, oh, what a joke. What a joke of a man. So he released you got with this Rob. You you wanted this is my way of segue in because I knew you wanted it. Yeah, there you go. No worries. So yeah, because remember, okay, so what happened was the backstory is Avengers End Endgame came tantalizingly close in its theatrical run in the space of, you know, a few weeks. It came within some something ridiculous, like it came within like 25 or 30 million of avatars total lifetime gross you know worldwide you know and people are like 30 million is a fair bit of cash yeah it's a fair bit of cash but out of 2.7 billion it's not a lot so you know that's a few viewings across a few countries will get you that number and what they did was it was in the same year it was literally a matter of months later literally three or four months later they re-released endgame in some marketing push to get to tip it over the edge and sure enough it pipped avatar Ah, there was, yeah, and, you know, there was some reward, and it was Endgame, it was the same year as well, it was in the same six months, and, you know, there it was uh, it was such an impressive year to close the MCU, you know, you feel like they had actually earned to top the table, and also, caveat to that, Avatar had been re-released multiple times up until that point anyway, so you could argue, if you were to take both films' original release run, Endgame's was more, so when people talk about Endgame being re-released to pip it, it was already ahead of it, in comparison to Avatar. But anyway, when that happened, James Cameron said, look, best of luck, but don't worry. It won't last long. Mark my words, I'm James Cameron. I'm a bollocks. That won't last long. Watch out for this. And sure enough, he released it only in China because that's where a lot of people exist in one country. All he did was just release it in China, just randomly, just off the cuff for no reason. And people asked him why and he just said, oh, you know, because bullshit, 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 testing the waters because of the new movies that I've got coming out, lies. But anyway, it scraped past Avengers Endgame by like 40 million quid. So now he's back on top. He's king of the world again. I hope you're happy, James Cameron. What a waste of time. What a shit. But like, you're talking about five sequels and you're too busy footering around with this original one that you made 10 years ago. Make up your mind. Just, <laughs> you lost the title. And then people are like, oh, well, you know, they're just going to do it over and back. It should be the original run. All these re-releases are just a, a cop-out. Like, this is silly. This is silly stuff. What's going on here? What are, we, what are we doing? What, what is this game? He's worth billions of dollars and he's he's so precious. His ego is so fragile still that he needs to be the top movie over Avengers Endgame even though you would argue that Avatar was a complete phenomenon that came out of nowhere and arguably not that great for the amount of money it made. I mean, I would say arguably. It's a terrible film. I hate Avatar. Well, I hate it. But I, I do not like that film. It's just not a good film. It's Pocahontas. The more I think back at it, it's basically Pocahontas. It's so bog standard. It's such a bog standard movie. Well, there you go. But my point is, is that, you know, Endgame spent 20 movies building up to it. So it was more of an earned record. His was random. And fair enough, he did it. But he shouldn't be sour that Endgame topped it. But he's so precious that he re-releases it. He also had it with Titanic. And he had it with a- Avatar for years. Like, just let, let somebody else have it for a while. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right, Jim. You know? <laughs> go back underwater. Go back in your, your submersible. Man, it was November or October of 2019 when Endgame topped it. And he, he barely lasted over a year. He's just like, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with it. Re-release Avatar Release now. it again. Again. Release it again. Get it to China. China. 
But like, who's going to want to watch all all of the 15 sequels that are coming out for Avatar if he just consistently re-releases the first film over and over again every time to make a scrap more money? Like, Yeah, and also all he's doing is just reminding them of how weak it is in the first place. He's not doing himself favours by releasing it. Oh, I don't want to see a sequel to this. Yeah. This has just reminded me. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thanks, James. Thumbs up. Go back down into the ocean, good man. You already ruined Terminator by putting your name to that last film then instantly removing your name when it was released and people didn't like it. Jesus. Uh, oh. Yeah, I lost. I think that was what really triggered my lack of... when I lost a lot of respect for him because he makes incredible movies. But um, I said this before, just... You know you've got a reputation when my mum, who does not watch many films, goes, isn't he supposed to be horrendous to work with? Like, where did she hear it? Like, that's the, like that just shows you. You've got a reputation. It's in the grapevine. It's in, it's, it's in yeah. the most common grapevine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, see, that James Cameron lad. <laughs> you see him down in the pub there the other day. What a bollocks. <laughs> but speaking of directors, and we were talking about Avengers Endgame. Yes. So the directors of End- Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and Captain America Civil War and The Winter Soldier are the Russo brothers. And the Russo brothers got their start directing episodes of Arrested Development and Community. Do, 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 do. There we go. What a freaking segue that was. In fact, they, they said in an interview multiple times that um, the reason they got the Winter Soldier job was because of their work on episodes of Community in their PayPal episodes, specifically the ones at the end of season two. They mentioned that as that's where they were saw, that's where they were seen, that's where somebody noticed them. So there you go. I mean, that's a little, that's a that's a great little tidbit there. That so I that, and that is a great tidbit, and I'd heard that before. And what I think is especially interesting about that is because you, it's tough to watch something as big budget as, as as Winter Soldier, and then to go back to see that later after the fact and kind of well, you know. It's not like I'm a film producer, so I don't know what I'm looking for. But you look at it, and obviously it's very basic by comparison. But I then somebody else reminded me, though, no, it's about how they used a limited TV budget and the creativity of, you know, what they could do in the time available with the actors that were there and the set that they had. Apparently, apparently it's just really smart filmmaking, as, you know, as it goes with a TV show, especially when, you know, schedules are very tight and budget is, you know, very specific per episode and stuff. And, like, something, something to do with that painful one because it has this epic sense or scale to it even though it's packed into 20 minutes i think there's a lot going in its favor let alone the action sequences that kind of thing yeah it, t- it tells an almost movie like tale in 20 yeah minutes. there you go you, you summarize it for me but the, the easiest thing to do here is because like rob i know you're watching a lot of arrest development lately and i've been watching so much community lately so i think what we'll do here is we'll be each like we'll we each make the case we're not trying to say one is better than the other because i'm going to be honest with you here arrest development always will have a special place in my heart but now so does community but we'll each just like kind of make a case why we think it's great but like see you talk about arrest development for a bit because you've seen it recently why you think it's great why you like it so much which think is good what they do, think it does well mm-hmm. and then i'll talk about community for a few minutes but what i think is all good about it what i think they do well it's probably just to give people a flavor of each show and why it's good a flavor i love it a flavor so i'll talk about community first and i i've actually only recently came into community about five or six years or maybe less before five years ago so it's not as if i was there when community was out and i, I watched it all the time I, I saw rick and morty first actually and that's why i think a lot of people talk about rick and morty and community at the same time because it's the creative mind of dan Harmon is behind both of them mm. but dan Harmon has actually said he's gone on record to state that community will always be where his heart is he'll always say he loved that show more no matter what happens which is interesting because rick and morty everyone's like cha-ching made all the money in the world and of course people would argue it's smarter and all that kind of stuff when really look if the creator of both shows is telling you what his preference is 
that that should be good enough for the diehard fans, you would think. But anyway, that's a that's another issue. No, no, I agree with that because I even have Rick and Morty versus Community, which is better. And I guess which do you think is better is is like is a matter of preference, really. Hundred percent, very subjective. Yeah, it is because Rick and Morty is all the high level stuff and the kind of interdimensional timelines and all that. And there is some of that stuff in Community, but Community is all about heart. It's all about these characters and like how how deep and how emotional that each character and how much levels that they have the the simple story is that basically there's like a, a J- jeff winger he's a lawyer but he's a real con man and a liar and stuff like that so he gets found out in the place he's working and fired and he has to go back to community college to get a degree in law and he ends up meeting all these people all these kind of wacky characters and friends he makes and they, they go from a he goes from a lone man to then basically having a community of friends and people around him i i, I think and the show is is similar to arrest development in that it uses a lot of long-form jokes that like will come back from like a series two to series later a joke will pay off that you didn't even think about in series one there's lots of clever little parodies and references to movies like because one of the one of the, the students is abed he's a he loves film and he loves yeah. he's always references and making little quips and little references and little this is like that film and this is like that film and sometimes you'll see an episode through his perspective and it'll be a bit different and stuff uh, like have you seen much of community rob he, he for so yeah you're avid for me is like he's the vehicle that they can use as an excuse to make really really obvious like in your face movie references and moments like he's like some people might say oh that's a bit that's a bit forced or a bit, a bit almost a bit too on the nose but because he's a character obsessed with films and references that's the which is really smart and to your point like i've i've seen a bit of community to answer your question i think i've seen most of the first two seasons so basically what happened was my roommate was watching it and we were enjoying it together and then he had a couple of hungover Sundays and the next time he turned it on the TV downstairs he was on season 5 and I was like well I guess I guess I'm out of the loop but um, <laughs> <laughs> the show is fantastic and what I will say is like I love how they'll theme episodes very specifically there's a great episode where it basically is the godfather and like if I were to summarize how they approach community episodes <laughs> and this will make sense to people who watch Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty... Yeah, very similar. Rick yeah. and Morty episode titles are literally... They're puns on famous movie titles. And they'll, there'll be a bit of a wink and a nod to that film maybe within the episode. Not necessarily. Sometimes they're just a title for the sake of it. But in Community, a lot of the time, the story structure or the key character moments or just the theme or the style of a film is very... Or of the episode is clearly directly referencing... Uh, a famous film which I, which it makes it fun and people enjoy it because they enjoy the references and stuff like us we enjoy references that's the name of the show oh, roll credits it's all exactly it's all about it's, it's exactly so it's exactly our wheelhouse and that's I guess why I said I'd make the, the case for community because mm. and this is tends to be why a lot of people don't like it but it was almost it's a show that's almost designed specifically for me like without ruining anything too much about it there's there's an episode because like like rob said about the team there like when it goes teamed it goes deep it doesn't just kind of make a little parody for five minutes oh so true yeah 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 so there's like there's an episode at the end of the third series where they're all in an 8-bit video game and the whole episode is told in an 8-bit format where they're like an RPG, like like the Z- Legend of Zelda Two side scroller, and the music is eight bit. All the characters are eight bit, and all this it's it's crazy. So ambitious as well. Like that's so ambitious. Most shows just stay on the same set. They'll knock out fifteen seasons, and that's all. They, they're just like by the numbers. This works in season one. We'll just keep doing it all the way through the run of the show. Whereas they kept innovating by comparison. Oh, it, in in series five. This is why I say it specifically for me. There's an episode where Jeff Ringer 
has like a this like like a psychotic episode in a way and he believes himself to be in gi joe and like they got the whole episode is animated like a gi joe cartoon they got the <laughs> animators who did the x-men animated cartoon series they got the original gi joe voices and brought them all back it's insane the level of detail like the only way it could be more for me is if it was transformers but it's all the kind of similar because it was both Hasbro animations and their same company. There's all the same pastiche jokes and all that. And like, I can imagine some people watching this and going, "I don't get any of this. This is not. I've never seen GI Joe in my life. Why would I find this funny?" Yeah. Whereas I'm in the back, like laughing my head off, slapping my leg, <laughs> like like guffawing out loud, like you know, and like even the theme song is even the GI Joe theme song. It's just crazy stuff like that. And then one last thing. Is that another reason why I like it so much? And Rob, I, I kind of insinuated this to you earlier, but it's like <gasps> the show starts off with like the first three series are just a group of friends going through the college together, the community college and their friends and their yada yada, their, their adventures. But it does something that a lot of TV series don't and that it grows up in a way. Whereas the group kind of splits up and some of them stay students and then others become teachers or it focuses on the principal as well as the teachers. And it, it kind of steadily and gradually moves on and, and kind of covers that period of finishing school finishing college finishing that and then moving on with your life and how some people get stuck behind and how some people move on and it covers it really well with the main character when he's, he's kind of similar to, to what i did because i was a student and then i went into a teaching where obviously we met rob in a college hello it kind of weird because it covers it covers both stuff you know it covers the student life and then matures and moves on and doesn't lose the appeal where even though it's like it, the premise has moved on in a different way, if you get what I mean. Oh, no, I totally get what you mean. And it's like, yeah, sometimes shows are just happy to s- stick with the format that works, like I was saying earlier. So, like, they were under no obligation, the writers, to, like, progress the characters through the sort of their college and sort of personal careers. You know, they could have they could have written such a way that they always got stuck there for the six or seven seasons. Even if it was unrealistic, they could have just unashamedly left it that way. But they chose to progress it, which is absolutely admirable. But it also opened a lot of the doors, I think. And it's one of those shows, though, as a result, where it's one of those sitcoms where it's not one of the ones I feel you can jump into and enjoy easily. No, I actually agree with you on that. But that's, and I would also argue Arrested Development is like that. No, but I totally the same. think that works in their favor. Oh, no, that's that's why you enjoy them more as you go versus being able to pop on an episode of Friends. I think that's why shows like The Big Bang Theory are so successful because there's only a tenuous link across the seasons in terms of character growth and everything else. And it's always just like common denominator, easy level jokes. And there's no real reference to anything else. It's just the same kind of format. This guy gets a few sciencey jokes here. This guy does this, that here. I've not watched enough of it to like know the specifics of how the characters change, but I know that it's, you know, by the numbers, but that's why that show, I think it speaks to a larger conversation around, you know, the success, the ups and downs of the shows we're talking about around how, those ones aren't the most lucrative if they're as rewarding from like a an ongoing story standpoint versus the yeah. shows that are successful where they can just it's just the same format every bloody time they'll do 500 episodes and nothing really changes because it's syndication baby it's get those shows for syndication you can oh. show them on any channel whatever time of night whatever time of day because it doesn't matter about continuity but rob so so now I've, I've talked about that for ages i just want to say one last thing is that i haven't highlighted really how funny it is because it's so it's so funny it's it's rick and morty level humor and you can see 100%. by the end of the six series it's be, like the end of the six series is literally it's might as well be a live action rick and morty it is just so funny 
and biting and there's so many jokes you miss and you go back and you get again and the characters are so likable they're just so genuine and likable and things happen that you're like you don't expect you want you think characters are going to end up together and they don't at all because that's not how life works and yes classic classic dan Harmon. so good oh classic dan Harmon. sorry right rob i've talked about community for enough but one thing i want you to finish with who is your favorite character from community it's difficult because i could say it's abed because he is an amazing the character the actor danny pudi is just phenomenal in what he does with that he's what he does with that character that could be a very one-dimensional like you said like a big bang type character that that guy whose name i now can't dan parsons character the old bazinga guy whatever anyway he Mm. could be really one note and stereotypical like that but he's not he has so much nuance and levels and depth he's an excellent actor but i but i actually think I think like pound by pound, the funniest character is probably between uh, Gillian Jacobs, Britta and Joel McHale's Jeff Winger because the lines they get are just, oh, but then everybody's great in it. Donald Glover's great in He's it. He's so good, man. Chevy Chase is great in it. Oh, it's just, oh, and I think this is the one difference I would say between this and Arrested Development. And you might disagree with me on this, but in Arrested Development, three or four or five characters that are so phenomenal that they take over. Whereas this show is almost, the, the, it's so spread, it's so evenly spread, the way the character moments and the funny moments, that it's so it's so tough to pick one character. Mm. Whereas the rest of Development, in my head already, I'm like, it's between these blah, uh, these two characters that I think are the funniest. That's fair, that's fair. No, I'll, I'll side with you on that one. Yeah, it's, it's more yeah. of an even playing field with community. I think that's probably fair. Rest Development, Rob. Take it away, baby. Uh, okay, here we go. Arrest uh, Development. I Kind of as, as, as similar to community, but even more so. One of these shows that completely... It came out in 2003, to be fair. So I was probably I was definitely too young to un- enjoy the humor the way I do now. Like when it first came out. But um, it missed. It skipped a lot of people. Like A lot of people missed this show. Because when it came out, it only lasted three seasons. You know, back-to-back seasons, as is the American way. They've pretty turned them out. But then it got cancelled. And it... You know, I think I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Community was at risk of being cancelled as well. Oh, God, yeah. And it did eventually got cancelled after Series 5. So Okay. Well, so there you go. So it kind of... Uh, some of these shows where they... Because they aren't syndicated or anything like that to the same... Or at least not to the same extent as some of the more staple comedies. You know, they'd miss you by... And I only I only properly invest in the show within the last year. Which has been amazing to me because any group chat that we're in is essentially just us talking about the rest, the rest of the <laughs> And everybody else is like, here we go, here it comes. All it takes is a, even the tiniest hint that we can link it to <laughs> at Arrested Development. Somebody men- mentions plants, and I am just sending B gifts for the rest of the day. You can't even say anything to me. I'm done. That's me done. But, like, this show, and you had raved about it before, and other people have always talked to me about how brilliant this show is. And I'd seen, like, scrappings of episodes here and there, but of course I didn't get it. And it goes back to my other earlier point about community about how this is not a show that you can just rant, watch a random episode and get the references just enjoy it as easily as lazily as you can with maybe other sitcoms where the episodes are all templated and they're kind of standalone Arrested Development is about this very highly dysfunctional family called the Blutes and basically the father's <laughs> in prison there's a like these people this is an insanely dysfunctional family and they're all lunatics and it's the cast is phenomenal it's Jason Bateman is kind of the oh. central 
not saying he's grounded he's just the most grounded character exactly great great way to put that by the way yeah he he seems grounded in comparison he has his own complete character flaws and psychological quirks that only you don't notice only because of how the rest of them are but basically it's just how the family interacts and copes with the struggle of being this once wealthy family the but the father has been caught out for di- shady dealings and now you know he's corrupt and you know he's in prison uh, and but he's still a main character and they're just them trying to deal with keeping the, the family uh, you know together and keep the business afloat that's just the chaos ensued with that but the reason i love the show one is because <laughs> the humor is outrageously zany it's so quippy it's so silly <laughs> silly and unexpected but it's not just for that reason it's because of the payoff I cannot oh. stress the payoff of the comedy. And this is why I mean you can't just pick up an episode and watch this show. This show rewards you for watching it sequentially, which is rare for an American sitcom, I feel, the way in in the format that these are normally made. The more the show progress progresses, the more you get out of a reference or a callback to a something that was already a good joke in the episode that it first occurred in, but they they bring it back in the most unexpected ways that you're you're completely caught off guard by it and it and what happens is after the first season especially they have cemented character comments and quirks and character phrasings that you're used to hearing from specific people this is kind of a general example and then as you progress progress into the later you know second and third season you get really caught off guard when a different <laughs> character then uses that very phrase in the same manner as the other person but you're it's, it's already funny to begin with but you're also caught off guard by the fact that this is this is unexpected but also what a payoff to play the comedy in such a way that you could tee it up to give that new character that moment with that joke and it's these constant and also the actors are phenomenal at delivering these completely absurd um zany lines so i'll give you a great example of how i think i think the the writers of rest of venom for me have mastered the art of recurring jokes like i've never seen before it's not that they simply call back to it and it's funny each delivery gets better and better and better and it's hard you know to understand without you know any real context i haven't seen the show but i'll give you a great example about how michael has this new girlfriend played by the amazing charlie's theron yes big cast people come in at one point the accent you know his family are trying to be nice rarely to this girl and uh, <laughs> in, in panic ensues um, and you know jason bateman's brother knocks charlie's out she's, she's out and of course the panic's like the family like we can't let michael find out about this what do we do so job michael's brother who is played by the incredible indestructible will arnett my god what a character potentially the best character in a in a comedy tv show of all time forget forget rick like arguably i think he is the best probably the best because of the performance and because of the way it's written it's a perfect marriage but anyway so job who's played by will arnett gives her gives her a pill and he's like what's that pill turns out it's a roofie and he, but he calls them forget me nows because he's that's how he operates <laughs> Oh, so there's Jesus. that in itself is a joke the joke is that he gives her a pill that he desires but it's a roofie and he just calls in these little fr- and he just goes this this is a classic magician's thing that we have just in case people figure out a trick like that's the reason he uses it but anyway he has it then there's a moment later where Michael still finds out that that they knocked out his girlfriend later in a scene with the family so Job shops, jumps up and goes he goes Job how could you do this and Job goes oh, Michael forget me now and then everyone's like, wait, was that the pill? And then he, he runs up to Michael and like, oh my God, forget about this and love us again. And he starts trying to sh- he starts trying to shove another one of these pills down Michael's throat so that he'll forget. And you think, oh my God, what a payoff. That wasn't just a one-off joke. He brought back the pill and he also used the name of the pill to actually tell Michael to forget about him. You know, like it's, what a payoff to reuse the joke in a clever way. 
But then, post credits, <laughs> out of nowhere, Job's long lost son shows up at the door. There's a lot of context to this. And Job will never admit, kind of. Steve Fultz shows up and then he's like, he will never admit that this is his son. But he finally, in this weird, sweet, unlikely character moment, Job concedes and says, Don't worry. I, I'm your father, Steve Holt. Don't you don't you forget about that? He just goes, Thanks, Dad. I'll never forget this. And there's a really beautiful moment, and then Steve Holt leaves the building. And then sure enough, there's a pause. <laughs> and Joe pulls out his little tin of, of roofies. And he goes, I'll forget Steve Holt. <laughs> I will. And he takes the bill. <laughs> and I can understand re listening. You're like that seems very by the numbers, but I cannot stress how this is on the third season, and that's what that character is like. So the payoff for that joke is phenomenal, and that's me trying to encapsulate what the show is like constantly. Once it's by, once, yeah. particularly by the second season, the show is purring, and it knows how to bring back old jokes into the mix and how to reward people for watching it th- thoroughly. And like, on top of just being funny to begin with, the sec the second series, the second series is. That probably that, that like is is one of the most perfect TV seasons. It's incredible of any show of like like Community season two and season three are excellent. But you will find one or two, just like Rick and Morty as well. You'll find one or two episodes which the quality definitely dips, and you notice yeah. a dip in the quality. But but Arrested Development doesn't have a dip in quality. That season two, every episode. It's funny because it builds on the last. It's like it never resets. It never goes back to base one because you're constantly building off the jokes mm. the last episode used. It's just so... It's a really hard form of comedy to describe. And the creator, uh, Mitch Hurwitz, I'd say he had a real difficulty selling it yeah. because it's it's easy when you see it and you watch loads of episodes and you get it. But the problem is trying to hook people in to get that far, which didn't happen. And that's why the show always did so poorly. Yeah. Like, it was critically amazing success. Commercially terrible. Same as Community. But, like, just trying to hook people in on that must have been so, so difficult. 100%. But if you but you see it, when you see it in front of you, you're, you're almost stunned by what you're seeing, like. Oh, yeah. And, like, it was clearly ahead of its time. And also, like, it's, it's just a case of it's not... Ugh. I have to be careful of the territory. I, it's not like it's too smart a show for people. Anybody can watch and enjoy this. That's my point. But you have to you have to give it time to get to enjoy it. And that's where, you know, it's it's this is where it's got a second life because or a second go at life because now streaming is such a thing. People can watch it from the beginning whenever they want. Whereas back when it was released, if you were missing the first few episodes and then you, you know, then you started watching the show you know when it, whenever it would just have to be aired you can see why back then people didn't latch onto it maybe when, as much as they should have or as much as they could have because of just the way tv was consumed back then it was so different you know it was ahead of its time both in terms of the quality of the humor i think but also it suffered from not having the technology for it to be easily enjoyed because of it benefits from being watched all at once versus just picking random episodes here and there but you know, yeah, and that's why it only lasted three seasons. Last three seasons, and it was cancelled. Netflix renewed it for a fourth or fifth season, kind of sporadically over the last like eight or nine years. But you said those were unwatchable. I'm, I've not even gotten that far. I'm talking about the first three seasons. Honestly, they're they they are immaculate. And like, this is where Community and Arrest Development are similar as well. So Community had three series that were all excellent. Then they fired Dan Harmon, 
and the ser- fourth series was is terrible and it's renowned. Everybody hates it. So they brought Dan Harmon back and the show picked right back up for the fifth and sixth. Isn't seasons. that amazing? Isn't it? it just shows you. It just shows you. But the problem with Arrested Development is that like after the first three series, it was about ten years before they came back again. And the problem is, by that stage, the cast were so good in Arrested Development that they'd all become megastars. So they couldn't get them all back in together and they couldn't get them all at the same time. So they're never in an episode together, really, at the same time. They're never on set at the same time. They're never at the same characters in the same place. So you lose that dynamic entirely. So I think Community coming back and trying it again was different because they, they managed to keep the momentum. Yeah. Whereas Arrested Development had just paused way too long. Like It just waited 100%. too long. So they're just not they're just not as enjoyable. There's a lot of episodes that are still good. There's a Tony a Tony Wonder episode, which is Ben Stiller, who's a oh rival magician God. to Job. Really funny, but it's just it's not enough to to pick up the rest of the season, which it was season four is is bad, but season five I couldn't actually after years of watching this show, I could not get through season five. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a pity, and I, I think that and it was always it was doomed to fail. If you could ever get the actors in the same room, it was always doomed to fail because they're they're at exactly. their peak when everybody's in the room at the same it's time. It's the interaction. It's just, the interaction. Just bad stuff. Like any good show, but like these, they're excelling at another level, and it's so quick. You're like you're struggling to keep up. Like it's one of those shows where you'd be laughing so much you've missed twenty jokes while you're laughing, kind of a thing, because so yeah. much has happened in the interim, and every not a moment is wasted. In terms of comedy, everything there's a sell in every moment, in every little statement, every sly wink and a nod. You know that's why also it's brilliant. It's not like there's a conversation and people are like, "Oh, I wonder where this is going," and then it builds up, and then there's the payoff to the joke. Everything is a joke. Everything is funny. That's also why it's brilliant. Like you or will or will become funny exactly. Or when you watch it again, you didn't realize was funny until you get it because a joke was made six episodes later yeah. about it. That then makes it funny when you watch it again. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and it makes it rewatchable then from start to finish again because you know how they get to where they are. Oh, it's man, it's brilliant. And that's kind of why I want to talk about these two shows because, like, we've been doing this, this, this obviously the podcast for ages and stuff, and I just this is something we like and we just I really want to share this stuff the community is so good it is like Arrested Development has built up a huge following because of Netflix and it's built up a huge following because how smart it is and it's really gotten popular and community I don't think it's gotten quite to the same extent because of Rick and Morty it's got another life and it started on Netflix and people are definitely watching it more than before but I think Arrested Development is the one that is always talked about as being the genius and it is but both of these shows deserve your time. They are so funny, the two of them, yeah. and they're very similar. The, the great thing about both of them is because the Russo brothers are involved in them, there's loads and loads and loads of MCU links between the two of them. Like, for example, in Community, half the cast, uh, Danny Pudi, Donald Glover, Jim Rash, Yvette Nicole Brown... Ken Young, there's there's probably more I'm missing. They're they're in Marvel movies because they're yeah. directed by the same guys. In in Arrest Development's case, you know that you know the Arrest Development Easter egg, right? Oh the oh yeah the the Bluth uh, st- stair van. So like they 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 have a, a sort of a chair or stairs truck for an airport that appears in Captain America: Civil War in the airport fight scene. It's in the background <sighs> at one point, which is mental. So no one no one the connections, and then in. And then to bring it back then in the sixth series of Community, which was like after the Rooster Brothers had done the Winter Soldier and done that, 
there's actually an elevator scene just like the Winter Soldier elevator scene with some of the same actors in the background. It's just, it's a like a perfect circle, you know, of, of awesomeness. Like, And weirdly kind of poetically similar to the style of comedy where there's payoff. Do you know what I mean? There's payoff for knowing that they're the same actors and that exactly like it's a good scene in its own right but then the fact that you're like i know what this exactly, is from, exactly exactly i understand the context so that's why it's enjoyable as well I and that, that's what i think community that's what community does really well is that the jokes are really funny on their own and it tells a really cohesive steer, steer, uh, story on its own but if you get the contextual references like that gi joe episode like the 8-bit episode like the paintball references the, the film references the goodfellas one if you get the context and the reference they're making it makes it 20 times funnier and that's what's so it's so clever that it manages to tell layers of humor just like arrested arrested development does with that reference humor and that it's funny the first time but it's so much funnier the second time when you know it's referencing something that's about to happen oh 100 couldn't agree more. Okay, so then now after talking about the rest of development and community, mm. and it is this, it is this show. I feel like the next logical step is to do quizzes on both. Of course, it's a quiz. It's a quiz. I'm I'm going to ask Rob what member of the Blute family from Arrested Development he is. <laughs> okay, let's see which uh, which member of the Blutes you are, Rob. So pick a character: Barry Zuckercorn, Lucille Ostero, Anne <laughs> Veal, her. Or Tony Wonder. <laughs> Tony Wonder. <laughs> okay, pick a song. Afternoon Delight. <laughs> the Final Countdown. I'm a Bad, Bad, Bad Man from Annie Get Your Gun. Or Careless Whisper by George Michael. <laughs> um, I know what I should pick, but I'm going to pick Careless Whisper. Okay, pick a quote. <laughs> Here's some money. Go see a Star War. Do these effectively hide my thunder? It's vodka. It goes bad once it's opened. Or, and that's why you always leave a note. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you always leave a note. All right. Okay. This is a great question. Pick an illusion. The Aztec tomb. Lighter fluid. Hidden dove. Or the amazing Jesus. I'm laughing because I can remind me of the bloody episodes. I, I, I'm picking the Aztec tomb for a very specific reason. So it's Aztec tomb. Okay, pick a place. The banana stand. There's always money in it. The model home. Balboa Towers. Are we Britain? <laughs> the banana stand. P- almost over now. Pick a running okay. gag. Chicken <gasps> impressions. Ooh, Blue good. Tobias. Ooh. The Charlie Brown walk. Or the stair car. I'm sorry, I have to give it to the Charlie Brown walk. It's too good. That's... Too good, the Charlie Brown walk. Second last question. Pick another character. Kitty Sanchez. Last time you'll see these. Uh, the Richters, which is Donnie and Andy Richter. <laughs> Maggie Lizer, which is Julie Lewis Dreyfus, who's oh, a blind yeah. lawyer. Or Not blind. Steve Holt. I'm going to give it to the secretary. What was her name again? Um, Kitty Sanchez. Kitty, Kitty. You give it to Kitty. Okay, and then the last one, I've got to describe this. So pick an outfit. So it's the uh, leather and red, the leather jacket and red t-shirt Lindsay wears. That also says S-L-U-T. There is uh, the Buster and Lucille wearing the mom, you know, the mama's bike outfits yes, that they wear. Like yes, yes, yes. There's a uh, Job in the banana outfit. And then there's, of course, Tobias in his never nude cutoffs. <laughs> Give me Job in the banana suit. Okay, Rob. Oh, you're going to be so happy with this. (laughs) 
Okay, I would have guessed that you would have got Michael Bluth. Really? That's fair. You did not get him, though. And which member of the Bluth family are you? Job Bluth. (laughs) You are set on following your dreams, no matter how unrealistic they are. You can't be trusted with pets, especially birds. And you love cruising around town on your Segway. Oh, my God. (laughs) Job. Bees. A magician called Job. I mean G-O-B-R-O-B There's only one letter In the difference Between That's your names so, Oh my gosh You've just justified The whole <laughs> quiz That is amazing <laughs> I brought it back Oh wow I mean he is I should have mentioned He's my favourite character Even though I think Lucille Bluth Jessica Walter Rest in peace I think she delivers Her lines probably the best But his character moments I think are funnier Yeah she she's like A consummate professional And you can tell that She's but, a pro But yeah but, but Job just gets sillier moments yeah, Job and Tobias for me are I both of them are, I think are their level their level playing. Tobias, the moments that character gets <laughs> are outrageously funny. But Job, every everything Job does is funny. Oh, like incredible. Like well, there was definitely something in there that reminded me of a Job classic. One of the one of the questions. I think either one of the quotes or one of the recurring gags. Oh, the Aztec tomb was it? Because that's where he hides. Uh, uh, your man, the old guy. Um, yes, Earl Milford. Earl Milford. <laughs> and oh, don't brilliant. cut this to say oh, I killed Earl Milford <laughs> too good oh, people are like listen this is kind of going not getting the comedy and you probably won't but like if you were to watch the shows and then come back to this you'd get every ounce of the references but exactly. uh, anyway enough footherin as they say Ross it's time for a quiz for yourself about community are you, are, are you ready oh I'm ready I was born ready um, okay, so this is this is a BuzzFeed quiz, and in the most classic of fashion, this is uh, not just if you were community, which character would you be? It's if you know you were in community, which two characters would you be? Is the title of this quiz? So, okay, I don't know how that works, but okay. Neither do I. But you, 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 here you go. Okay, so okay, first question: Pick a job: lawyer, detective, actor, entrepreneur, chef, teacher. I mean, I guess Rob, we 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 were we were teachers when we met, so oh, teacher it is. is. Teacher it is. I pick teacher. Okay, pick something to do in your free time: watch TV, go dancing, read a book, go shopping, make art, or eat. Jesus. Okay. I mean, I was like hoping for like a film or something. I guess watch TV. Oh, go watch TV. Okay. Pick a weird elective to take: costume changing seminar, foosball one hundred and one. The Science of Lesbian Love Scenes, Intro to Perfect Abs, Alliance Against <laughs> Justin Timberlake Albums, Adam Sam- Sandler, Talented or Hack. <laughs> oh, it's that one. I don't, I don't even want to hear the rest. That one. Adam Sandler, Talented or Hack. Excellent. Brilliant. Oh, so good. Okay. Pick a vacation plan. Backpacking across Europe, getting drunk on a cruise, <laughs> stalking celebrities in LA, binging TV at home, Eating junk food at Disneyland or buying the cheapest plane ticket available. Jesus. Hmm. I mean, I guess the the, the, the first one, backpacking across Europe, is probably the most interesting one there. Really? I thought you'd pick getting drunk on a cruise. Ugh, on a boat? Are you kidding me? I'm on a boat and it's going <laughs> fast and I gotta pass me in a backpack. Anyway, sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. I'm doing backpacking. Pick something from community. Finally, a reference. Okay. Paintball. Leonard's Pizza Review. Starburns, Starburns, uh, Vaughn's Tiny Nipples, The Ass Crack Bandit, or Pop Pop. 
ass crack bandit 100 percent. it's in uh, this, this episode in the fifth series even they did a song they got a guy to write a, a skit song for it and it's excellent <laughs> pick a ship um i think that means friendship jeff and leonard dean pelton and neil shirley and vicky abed and chang britta and starburns pierce and duncan oh pierce and duncan <laughs> that's funny finally pick an episode of community Remedial Chaos Theory. Oh, wow, you really have to know these. Uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Modern Warfare. Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. Conspiracy Theories and Interior Design. Basic Intergluteal Numinastics. Okay, so... This is the final question, by the way. This yeah. is the final Abed's question. Uncontrollable Christmas is when he's claymation. The, oh, yeah. The paintball one was there. What was the first one you said? Remedial Chaos Theory. Uh, it's pro- that, so Remedial Chaos Theory is the one where they're, they're playing, basically they have to go answer a door and Jeff wants to throw a dice. And every time the dice gets thrown, it lands on one. So one means, well, try, you go. Two, Abbott goes. Three, and every time in a different timeline, it shows you what happens. Excellent, ah. excellent. They're very Rick and Morty-esque one. Look, I'm going to go for Remedial Chaos Theory. I think it is probably one of my favourite episodes. I wish the G.I. Joe one was there, but I'll take Remedial, I'll take Chaos. Remedial Chaos Theory. Okie dokie. And here we go. Okay, right here we go. You're the big reveal. If you oh, were God. two community characters, oh, be God, the, okay. the answer is... Okay. Britta and Annie. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey. So, here's the answer. Sometimes you feel insecure about your own abilities because people don't always take you seriously. However, those who know you recognize that your passion and determination makes you an unstoppable force. Ah. Oh, I mean, that sounds like me. Buzzfeed with the details. I think that's pretty on point if you ask me. Also, that gif, the Lucy Goosey gif, is between Britta and Nanny. Well, there. Look at that match made in heaven. You were born to be them. If not, you play them. <laughs> you were born to be them. <laughs> you were born to be two separate people, Ross. Lucy Goosey is it Goosey Lucy or Lucy Goosey? Is it is it hyphenated? There you go. <laughs> what a show! Yeah. Well done. Congrats. Congratulations. By the way. If you haven't watched them, everybody go and watch them. They're excellent shows. They're fantastic. Can't do them enough justice, like so. I think both are on Netflix at the moment, by the way. I think both of them are Both Netflix. are on Netflix at the moment. Not that we work for Netflix either. I just think they're both there and they're worth a watch. So you'll understand this episode, basically. Or you'll understand the references. Da 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 That have not been in this episode. And speaking of not being in this episode, that's us, guys. We got episode 51 done and dusted mm. so rob where can people find us oh lord blesses and save us they can find us everywhere quite frankly but specifically uh spotify soundcloud apple podcasts uh podtail of course can't forget that one uh google Podcasts, bloody amazon maybe maybe not i actually I don't know don't trust that one um there's also, uh, there's uh there's uh the, the pod nation group uh on pod chaser uh, so we're on there. We're on projects in general. Loads of good friends as well as friends of the show on on those lists. We also have a website, uh, capunderstands.com. That's where you'll find us. And there's uh, links to all the, the episodes and some other bits and pieces there. And, you know, if you feel like getting in touch after this aimless rambling of an episode, and you're like, you want to give out. You can also email us at the lads uh, at capunderstands.com. That'll get to us amazingly. So there you go. Loads of sources of information. I mean, I mean, like, I've always thought, do we do, like, do you, in today's, jeez, what's happened? In today's age, I sound like, you man, that pig from uh, Warner Brothers. <laughs> that's all, folks. 
that was a very good impression you did there. But I wonder, do we actually need today's day and age? Do you need to say this is where you find podcasts? I mean, people go to their people own places. Know. Yeah. But if you don't tell them, they'll give out that you haven't told them. Oh, the Twitter! Is... I forgot about the Twitter. At Cap understands the Twitter is there. That's where you. That's the best place to interact. But just be careful. Be careful on Twitter. But just be careful on there. But over two thousand followers, or two thousand five hundred followers now, which is pretty awesome. Look at us go. Thanks everybody for listening to our rambles. I know this episode was very rambly, but you know what? That's what we do. That's what a podcast yeah, is. Yeah, and if you've listened to us this far, then this shouldn't be a surprise. This yeah, this none of this should be a surprise to you. Yeah. But what else shouldn't be a surprise to you is that all that is left to say <sighs> is that I have been Ross and I have been Rob. And that uh, this has been I understood that reference. Thanks so much for listening. Seriously, thanks. Alright, that's all. Bye! Bees! <laughs> Beans! Job's on a board. Yeah.